Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. So how many of you would admit, maybe, maybe not that intense, but um, you've had some imperfect Christmas things happen at your house? Anybody willing to admit that? If we weren't dressing each other up like Christmas trees, that would have been a good tag question to talk about at tag. Um, one of the things that, that, that kind of cracks me up, how many of you all, your mom or somebody watches Hallmark Christmas, or maybe you do, watches, how many would admit I watch Hallmark Christmas movies? The general plot of every Hallmark Christmas movie is that a big city investment banker named Thad loses his fiance to a guy named Jake from a small town wearing flannel. That's pretty much the gist of every Hallmark movie, and it ends with them Oh, I'm not connected. It, thank you, Drew. Um, and it ends with them, you know, it ends with them like they have this perfect like magical kiss at the end on Christmas Eve. And as soon as they kiss, the snow starts falling. You know? The snow starts falling. So, um, it is a, but maybe you've had Christmases like that before where it's almost as perfect as a Hallmark movie. Um, but most of us, most of us, a lot of times, our Christmases are more like the Griswolds. It may not involve a squirrel, but there's usually a crazy uncle involved. There's usually some fighting involved. And there's usually these big hopes of Christmas that don't always turn out the way we would want them to. So that's why we're doing a series. We're doing a series called A Blue Christmas. And I don't, I'm, I'm not necessarily at a place where I maybe would recommend watching the entire movie of the clip I showed. I don't know. Um, you'd have to ask your parents about that. But um, poor, poor Clark, he really wanted a good Christmas. It seemed like the harder he tried to have a perfect Christmas, the more of a train wreck it became. And sometimes the more we try to have a perfect life and try to create everything the way we want it to be, the more of a train wreck our lives become. Yeah. We talk about Christmas being merry and bright, but did you know that Christmas is the number one holiday season, the number one time of year when people experience depressive episodes? Christmas is the, the, the number one time when, uh, when, when the authorities are called because of domestic disturbances at houses. So Christmas, we, we like to think of it being merry and bright, but the reality is a lot of us, we've, we've had blue Christmases. We go through difficult times, and while everybody else seems to be happy, we're having a very difficult time. So we're doing this series called A Blue Christmas. And I, put, I wrote down a few things. Schoolwork, or Christmas, and schoolwork is always blue. It's always bad. Um, Christmas can be blue when schoolwork's weighing you down. Anybody? Get an amen for that one, right? Schoolwork weighing you down. Christmas can be blue when the mental health is getting rough. Christmas can be blue when loved ones that you used to celebrate Christmas with are no longer with you. Christmas can be blue when everybody else seems like they have someone and you feel like you have no one. And you could fill in the blank. So we're talking, as we're talking about blue Christmases, we've been going through, Hunter started us off last week, we've been going through the names that Jesus was given at his birth. I always think it's really interesting to, to, to read about I don't know if we're supposed to say Indian names, native, probably Native American names, and the way that Native Americans sometimes would name their, their, their children, um, sometimes they would name them based upon what was happening as the child was born. So you have like someone named Sitting Bull, who was a historic Native American, because I'm assuming when he was born, there was a sitting 
bull. So years ago, people used to be given names that describe them. Now we're just na- given names that people, our moms and dads think are cute. And don't, don't, don't remind them of ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends. Um, so, so, but, but Jesus was given names when he was born. He was prophesied to be given names before he was born. And each of those names tell us a little bit about Jesus. And each of those names tell us a little bit about why it, it, if we don't have Jesus in Christmas, it really is a blue Christmas. Tonight we're talking about Jesus' name, Emmanuel. Our band did a really awesome job singing that Christmas carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. How many of you have had heard that song before at some point in your life? You know, sometimes we sing songs and we have no idea what they mean. And we sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. What in the world is Emmanuel? Is it a person? Is it a place? Is it a thing, a noun, an idea? What does that mean? Tonight we're going to talk about how Emmanuel was one of the names that was given to Jesus and what the word, anybody know what the name Emmanuel means? It's in the Bible. Just shout it out. God is with us. So what I want to hopefully show you through this story, I made the little like lesson in a sentence thing rhyme tonight. So hopefully you can remember it. And it's kind of corny. It uses Appalachian American terms. Spell check got me on this one because I use the word ain't. But here's, it, it, to boil it down to, to, to one thing, it would be, my iPad's not liking me, is this. Christmas is blue if God ain't with you. It rhymes. Look at the person next to you say, Christmas is blue if God ain't with you. Okay? Now look at the person and say it again, but say it like your mama would say it. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> okay. If you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. It's the first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 1. And if you don't have the, uh, your Bible with you, um, of course, you can download the Bible app. Or I got the verses on the screen right here. And we're going to kind of be tearing these verses apart, studying them together. Um, and just as you're turning, there are a little background. Anybody know who wrote the book of Matthew? Not a trick question. Matthew. Anybody know why Matthew wrote a book? It's because he saw Jesus. He walked and talked with Jesus. He was an eyewitness to Jesus. And as he was living with Jesus, he learned about how Jesus was born. So as we're reading this, this is not a fairy tale. This is not a Hallmark movie. This is not even a comedic story. This is a true, like I like to say, it's a true story from the Word of God. We're going to start in verse 18. It tells us how Jesus was born. Look at verse 18. We're just going to kind of walk through it and talk and walk through it and talk. Verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. So he's literally saying, this is how Jesus was born. True story. When his mother, meaning Jesus, his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Well, we got to stop there. Because who in the world uses the word betrothed other than Zazu on the Lion King? Did you know he uses the word betrothed? So Joseph and Mary were not really dating. They weren't really engaged and they weren't really married because they didn't do relationships back then like they do now. Being betrothed mean, meant that like most Middle Easterns in the first century, Joseph and Mary when they were little, like when they were toddlers, Joseph's family approached Mary's family and be like, hey, you know, it'd be really t- cool if our little toddlers, when they got older, they would get married, start a family. So... Handshakes were involved, livestock was swapped, and from that point on, Joseph and Mary were destined to be together. How many of y'all would like it if your mom or your dad got to choose the person you'd be with for the rest of your life? Who do you think they'd choose? I don't know. Some of you are like, "Uh uh-uh, right? But that was the situation. So from that moment on, 
Mary was betrothed to Joseph, meaning it was a legal arrangement. Legally, it was as if they were married, but they had not yet moved in together. They hadn't started a family together. They hadn't, hadn't been intimate together. So, so they're enge- it's kind of like an engagement, but it's more serious than engagement. You see what's going on here? Mary is probably a teenager. Joseph might be a little older. So some of you could really literally put yourself in this situation. This is about a teen girl. And, the, and, and her betrothed person, her, her engaged betrothed spouse. So, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, here's where the situation gets interesting. Before they came together, and you know what that means, when a man loves a woman. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So here comes the, the issue, right? Mary is betrothed to Joseph, legally Tied together with Joseph. They hadn't, they hadn't, their marriage hadn't been formalized yet. They hadn't been together yet. And Mary's pregnant. And Joseph finds out. What do you think's going through Joseph's mind? A lot. Verse 19, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Joseph says this. My bride-to-be, she's pregnant. Maybe she's been unfaithful. Well, obviously, she must have been unfaithful to me. Legally, he could have had her put to death, according to the Jewish law. That's pretty extreme, right? But Joseph, being a just man, he said, well, we'll just end this thing. I'll go my way, she'll go her way. We can forget about each other. But, it's one of those big butts of the Bible, verse 20. But, as he considered these things, he's, you ever lay down and you're, you're, you're never going to sleep because there's so much going through your head? I feel like that's where Joseph was right there. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord, he finally gets to sleep, appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, well, first off, an angel appeared to the Lord. What in the world? What is, what, anybody know what an angel looks like? Multiple eyes. <laughs> that's actually, yeah, where you're on the right track. A lot of people think of angels as these like, 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 like diaper-wearing toddlers with wings that shoot you with little arrows to make you fall in love with people. Now that's Cupid. Every time somebody sees an angel in the Bible, you know what their reaction was? You've heard me, hopefully some of you know this, right? What was their reaction when they'd see an angel? Ah! Because angels were these fearsome, mighty warriors of God. So, we can't just... Zoom on past that. An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. And what does Joseph say? Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That would be an unlikely story if it was told from anyone other than a fearsome, mighty, supernatural warrior of God with multiple eyes. I think I'm going to believe that dude, right? He probably knows a few things. So, so, so this angel appears to Joseph and says, Joseph, listen, this is the a, a, a unique situation. Never happened before, never will happen again. Mary, who is betrothed to you, don't be afraid to marry her because the baby inside her, she wasn't unfaithful to you. God allowed her to miraculously become pregnant through the Holy Spirit because this baby is no ordinary baby. Verse 21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And Hunter, wherever he is, Hunter taught us last week that the, the name Jesus, that was the first name, means the Lord saves, the God saves. You shall call his name Jesus 
This is an ordinary child because he will, verse 25, 21, save his people from their sins. Wow. But it gets more interesting. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Now, Matthew's talking, he says, now all this happened because years and years and years and years and years ago, God spoke through someone to predict that Jesus would come. And here's what that person named Isaiah said through the inspiration of God. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name, say it. Let me try that again. Say it, say it loud, strong, proud. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to read it and then you're going to say it. Okay. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name. Oh, that was good. Okay. Which means God with us. Verse 24. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel commanded him. Well, I think I would too. If a big, mighty, fearsome warrior, supernatural of God with multiple eyes called me to do something, I think I would do it. He took Mary as his wife. They became legally married. This is an important part and we'll talk about it. We want to be mature about it. But he knew her not. He did not get intimate with her until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. True story from the word of God. How Jesus was born. Last week Hunter talked about the name Jesus which means the Lord saved. Tonight we're going to talk about Emmanuel which means God is with us. And what do we say was the lesson in a sentence? Christmas is blue if God's not with, no, if God ain't with you. So we've looked at, we, we've read the passage together, we looked it over. I want to show you a few things. The first is why this name is important. Why is the name God with us important? Well, we don't have time to go through the whole book of the Bible, but if you were to flip back to literally the first chapter of the Bible, you know what you would learn? So you read Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 is that God created us to be with him. That was what, how we were created to be. I've got this picture here with this person, you know, the head of this person, and it's missing a piece of it. Some of you, that's when you go take your, like, your, your ACT. You feel like you're missing a piece of your head. And I know how that feels. But that, that's meant to not, not necessarily illustrate our ability to forget things. What it's meant to illustrate is the fact that we have, there is a part of us that was created to be with God. A, a, a philosopher once said this, that there is a God-shaped vacuum or God-shaped hole in the heart of every person and only he can fill it. So we are created to be with God. So question how is it that we can go through our life and never meet God, never talk to God? Because our sin separates us from God, right? Genesis 1, Genesis 2 talks about how we were created to be with God. Genesis 3 talks about how we screwed it up. How Adam and Eve sinned. How you and I have sinned and how that sin separates us from God. Why is Emmanuel, God with us, important? Well, it's because we were created to be in a relationship. We were created to live with God, but sin separates us from God. So that's why this is good news. When he says that you're gonna call his name Emmanuel, it means that God's gonna come and fix this problem. God's gonna come and put us back to the way that we were supposed to relate to him. You don't think that this is, this is important? I got some receipts. From Genesis 3 on, you know what we start reading? 
we start realizing that people are in desperate need of God. The Old Testament writers started writing about how much they wished they could be with God and how the presence of God, God being real in your life, was the only thing that was important. Because remember, Christmas is, Christmas is, oh my, that was sad. Christmas is blue if God ain't with you. We'll try it again later. So look, look at some of these receipts. Exodus thirty three fifteen. Moses is praying and Moses said to God, if your presence will not go with me, don't bring me up from here. As we keep reading Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, God says, Be strong, courageous, don't be in fear or dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. God being with them gave them great courage. Judah 1 9, Have I not commanded you? This is God speaking to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, don't be frightened, be dismayed. The Lord your God is what? With you wherever you go. I got more receipts. A lot of you may know this one Psalm 23. We all love it. It's in our Precious Moments Bible. But look at verse 4. It says, even, this, is a pretty, this is a pretty dark verse for the Precious Moments Bible. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. There's more. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, whose, I'm not going to make you say habitation, whose holy habitation is the most high. I like this one. Seek the presence of the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence. Continually. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Fear not for I am. This is God speaking. Fear not for I am. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll withhold you with my righteous right hand. Zephaniah. Anybody ever read Zephaniah? Did you know that was a book of the Bible? Zephaniah 317. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one who will save. And here is in the Old Testament looking forward to Jesus the prophet Isaiah saying, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son and you'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you see how as soon as sin entered the picture and our relationship with God had a barrier in it that everybody was just looking forward and longing to filling that God-shaped hole in their heart with the presence of God? And here's the good news. Jesus is here. Emmanuel is here. God is with us. I just asked a question of myself that I've been thinking over and I'm going to ask it to you too. If you knew God was with you, how would that change the way you live? I mean, there's one way to take it. It's like God is with you. He's watching you. And there's some truth to that too. But there's the God is with you. What is there to fear? Be bold, be strong and courageous, right? So, so why is it important? That Jesus' name is Emmanuel is because it solves the problem that has, been ha that, is, that has been around since the beginning of time. That we're created to be with God, our sins separated from God. As hard as we tried, our sins couldn't be repaid by good deeds. So God sent Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. So why is it important? That's why it's important. We got some explaining to do though. How did this happen? I mean, <laughs> think about it. <laughs> did this happen? <laughs> okay. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. How did that happen? We couldn't get to God. God came to us. I want to show you something first though in this verse. You know the one command of scripture that I find when it comes to Christmas? Where's the verse? It's right here. Here's the whole verse. 
Look at, there's one command. Do you see it? There's one command. Behold. Everybody skips over that. They go right to the whole virgin shall conceive thing because it's pretty <laughs> stupendous, right? But behold, a virgin shall conceive. Behold. You know what that word behold means? I kind of put a picture of it up here. <laughs> you know, when you're scrolling on social media, you look at things and you scroll on to the next thing. That's not what behold means. Behold means to look upon, to gaze on, to look into, to think about, to ponder. Here's what I want you to do. Look, give a quick glance to the person next to you. Then look back here. Quick glance. Now, please don't make this too creepy. I want you to behold the person next to you. <laughs> behold the person next to you. <laughs> it hits different, doesn't it? We're not called to just all think about sweet, cute little baby Jesus in a manger with all them little farm animals around him. We're called to behold, look into, think about, ponder what happened here. So we're getting ready to do some pondering. Y'all want to behold with me? I hope that didn't sound weird. Think about it. Think about it. Here's how it happened. The virgin shall conceive. Y'all ready to be mature as we talk about this? The virgin shall conceive. Look at verse 18. When, when, his, when Jesus' mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, do you know what that means? Or do I need to say it? Oh, you're going to make me say it. They were not intimate with each other. They didn't do what husbands and wives do. Before they came together, she, what? She was found to be with child. Okay, some of you, I know you sleep through a lot of classes, but most people are awake during health class, and you've probably learned that this doesn't happen, right? It doesn't happen. Before they came together, you know what that's talking about? Right here. The virgin shall conceive. Now look down in verse 24. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did what he told the angel of the Lord. He took Mary as his wife, but knew her not until she gave birth to his son. You know what that word means, right? It doesn't just mean to know someone. It means to know someone. And that comes back to this too. Do you understand that Mary had never been intimate with anyone before she got pregnant with Jesus? Got it? I've made it past it without do, saying anything I shouldn't, without doing any... Sometimes I put my foot in my mouth. So, we see the first thing. A virgin shall conceive. We're going to see how this all works together. What, what, what's this, what's going to happen here? The virgin shall conceive and do what? Bear a son. You know what bear a son means? It has nothing to do with grizzlies or black bears or brown bears. Bear a son. That means that she is physically going to give birth to a real, live, human baby. This is not one of your little baby lives or something that you played with when you were a kid. So, we learn here ah, that Jesus was human. Right? But, how is it that a virgin conceived? Every kid to ever be born has a mother and a father. Doesn't always mean they have good ones, but has a mother and a father. Okay? The mother was Mary, obviously, right? Because she bore a son. Who was 
the Father. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, son of David, verse 20, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit. So who's the Father? God, through the work of the Holy Spirit. So he's not only human, he's God. Do you see how incredible this is? He's not, I'm trying to get another color here. He's not only human, that color doesn't show up. Let's do white here. He's not only human, he's God. You know what I like to call that? Yeah, you've been listening over the years. God in a bod. He was 100% God. He was 100% human. Say, wow. That's incredible. I have a, I don't know if I should call him a friend, an acquaintance, but he's been <laughs> acquainted with our family for a long time. And he has this expression sometimes. He doesn't just say, wow. He says, wow. So I want you to do your best impression of that wow when you think about that. Say wow. One, two, three. Wow. <laughs> okay, now say it upside down. Oh, see, you know all my tricks now. It's no fun anymore. So before we move on, we have to behold this. You see, this is a miracle, right? Jesus was God. Jesus was a human. You know what that means he was? God with us. God in a body. Very good. So, why does it matter? Why is it important? Because we need God to be with us. How did it happen? A virgin conceived and bore a son through the Holy Spirit. So he was 100% God and 100% human. So what does it mean now? What does it mean to me? I want you to think about three things. The first is what God with us, what Emmanuel did. You know that because he's human, Jesus ah, gets us. And he knows us. Jesus knows what it's like. He was a teenager. So he may know what it's like to have acne. Jesus had people desert him. So he may know what it's like to be stabbed. He does, he does know what it's like to be literally stabbed in the side, but stabbed in the back. Jesus got tired. How many of y'all are tired? Jesus got tired because he kept a busy schedule. Jesus gets you. He was God, so he knows everything, right? He's omniscient. Pastor did a great job of breaking this down on Sunday. God knows everything. He's omniscient. But because God became a human, not only does he know us, and not only does he get us, we know that he gets us. Because we know that he walked the life that we are walking right now. So that's incredible. What God with us means for me is what Jesus did. He walked this earth. He lived a human experience. We know how God would respond to situations. What would Jesus do? Have you ever heard that before? When I, was, when I was in high school, people used to have the, like, you ever see them anymore? WWJD bracelets. It turned into a big judgmental thing. Like, like yeah, I'd be doing something and someone would go, Matt, what would Jesus do? You know, but, but we get to know how Jesus would react to situations. There's one big thing that, that God with us did, that Jesus did when he was on this earth, that, that is bigger than anything else anyone has ever done and ever will do. And it's the fact that he lived a perfect life and he was put to death. He was executed on a cross. And when he died because he was perfect, because he was human and because he was God, he was the perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins. He made a way by dying for us and covering our sins for us to be made in a right relationship with God. So what does Emmanuel mean to me? Well, that's the first thing. Second thing is not only what he means to us, but what he's doing. 
Where is Jesus now? Anybody know? Is he in like Kansas? <laughs> is he at Cabell Midland? <laughs> Where is Jesus? <laughs> Jesus is in heaven, but he's not just in heaven walking around on streets. He's, it says he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for us, praying for us. But So what are we supposed to do if Jesus went back to earth? He said this. He said, go make disciples. This is his last words. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all I've commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How is it that Jesus could be in heaven and that he's still with us? How is that possible? Because Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 14 that when I leave, I'm gonna send the helper. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to live with you and be with you. So if you've put your faith in Jesus, not only do you have Jesus at the right hand of the Father interceding for you, praying for you, you have the Holy Spirit living inside you. God is literally, if you're a believer in Jesus, God is literally with you right here, right now. Remember when I asked the question, if you knew God was with you, how would that change the way that you live? Well, he is, so live it, right? So not only what Jesus, what Emmanuel did, not only what he's doing, but what he's gonna do. One day, God and Abad will be with us again. Jesus will come back and be with us again. He promised his disciples, if I go, I will return. What's it gonna be like when he returns? I think this is the best way to describe it. It's in Revelation chapter 21. Some of my favorite verses in the Bible bring so much comfort. This is John seeing what is yet to come. He said, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell, say it, say it, with them and they will be his people and God himself will dwell, say it again, with them as their God. God is gonna live, Jesus is gonna live with us again and what's he gonna do when he's living with us? He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. There will be no such thing as a blue Christmas when Jesus returns. Man, that, that, that makes me wanna run through a brick building with no pads on. Like, like, like that's, that, I don't know, some of y'all may not be tracking with me. But do you see how exciting this is? God is with us and he's gonna be with us. So Christmas is blue if God ain't with you. I'm gonna do, yeah, you, you, you talk about uniqueness. Well, the virgin birth is the most unique thing ever. Uh, another unique thing is the fact that we're gonna finish on time tonight. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got some B words for you. I really was trying to work it out because uh, Bella, I was trying to get you up to 20 F words before the end, before the end of the year. It's not going to happen. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, yeah, maybe January I'll get those last two F words in. But he, here are your B words tonight. The first is behold. The first one is behold. Remember what the whole command here in this whole thing is? I'm going to like jazz it up a little more here. Add a few stars. Behold, the virgin shall conceive. You know what's, what, what's sad is sometimes we get so busy that we don't think about the miracle of Jesus, the miracle of Emmanuel. The flip side of that is some of you, if you're like me, like your mom practically gave birth to you in a church and you've been going to church your whole life. It's easy to read a verse like that. Oh, behold, the virgin shall conceive. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Okay. Behold. Get pumped up about it. That 
God created us to be with him and there was this sin that separated us from God and there's nothing we could do about it but the virgin conceived and bore a son and he was Jesus, died for our sins so now God is with us. Use it for all. You know what I mean by all? I don't mean all. I mean like all. Awesome. Wow. We also use it for comfort. You know, sometimes we go into situations that we just don't think we can handle. We go, we're living with pain, we're living with difficulty that we just don't think we can bear. Remember the question I asked earlier? If you knew God changed you, how would it change the way you live? If you're a believer in Jesus and God is with you, it doesn't mean everything's gonna be perfect, but it means you have comfort. It means you can find joy even in, the, even in brokenness and even during difficult times. So behold, the next one, I didn't realize it until like later, it rhymes with the first one. So it could almost be one. Behold and be bold. Look at the person next to you say, behold and be bold. Because that just, it, it sounds, it's fun to say. It's fun to say. Behold and be bold. If God is with you and you have, you, you have the greatest news of all time. The virgin conceived and bore a son and he saved the freaking world. You have the greatest news of all time and God is with you and gives you the power to share that news. Be bold. We're getting ready to wrap some gifts for our backpack kids next week. Whether you adopted one or not, you know, uh, we're gonna have plenty of things to wrap. We're gonna be able to make, write some notes that explain the gospel. You're around people all the time that need to know the hope of Jesus. Be bold. We actually have one more backpack kid that came to us late that really needs to be adopted. She's a teen mom. She asked for diapers for Christmas so she can put diapers on her kid. Maybe you want to see Hunter at the table and be the person that adopts that teen mom backpack kid and shows her the love of Christ. Behold and be bold. The final one is believe. <laughs> You've heard the greatest news ever. Not delivered very well. Because I, 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 yeah, I put my foot in my mouth all the time. But you've heard the greatest news of all time. The virgin conceived bore son. He saved the world. Have you put your trust in Jesus? Because you were created for a relationship with God. Your sin separates you from God. And you can't fix that problem by yourself. But God came to you because you couldn't get to him. Have you ever put, has there been a time in your life when you've put your faith in Jesus? I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to give us a moment here. Bow your head, close your eyes. I tried to get us finished a little early. Please be, don't be talking to people around you because that's just, that's, that's not the time to do that. We'll do that here in a minute. When we talked about beholding, when's the last time you had a moment where the phone wasn't buzzing, where there weren't people talking, where there wasn't music or streaming playing in the background? Or it could just be you and God and you could behold the incredible wonder of Christmas, of Emmanuel, God with us. I want to do two things tonight. I want to first give you a moment to behold God. If you have your, if you put your faith, if you've believed in Jesus, if you know you're saved, I just, I want you to take this moment and to behold God. Um, the second thing that I'm asking you to do, if, if, if this is you, is maybe you've never trusted in Jesus to save you. You've come to church, you've done all the cool religious things, but you've never trusted in Jesus to save you. In this moment, as you behold what God did at Christmas and what he did for you on the cross, 
I'm not going to pray the prayer for I can't pray a prayer for you to save you. you. It's the attitude of your heart. You have to turn to God in, in, in faith. But maybe in this moment while others are beholding God, you take a moment and in your own way, quietly in your heart, ask God to save you and trust that when Jesus died, he died for you. So I'm going to give you a moment to do both of those things. No music, no talking, just quiet, you and God. God, we love you tonight, and God, thank you so much for Jesus. It almost sounds anticlimactic just to say thank you. Um, Lord, I feel like we should be running out the door telling everybody we can about you and praising you with our social media and with our, 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 our words and with our music and everything, but right now in this moment, we just say, wow, and thank you. You didn't have to send Jesus. You didn't have to live that perfect life and deal with all of the terrible things that we have to deal with in being human. You left glory. You left being worshiped 24-7 to come and live this life and to die a terrible, painful, shameful death so that we could be made right with you. So we thank you for that. We, we stop and think about it. We, 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 we behold you and praise you and adore you. God, there may be circumstances in our life that are blue during this season. And but God, I pray that everyone, every one of us as we leave that door, leave this room and walk through that door, will leave knowing that you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.